Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a wonderful week and a wonderful time with everything going on. I hope the New Year's treating you well. We're already almost in February. I can't believe it. But I hope everything's going good and your New Year's off to a great start. Um, I'm excited to transition in our Thursday Thought podcast. We were having more topical discussions about culture, and now we're going to actually get into some biblical texts and study more in depth and look at how we change culture and what our culture should be. We're still going to be talking about culture, but we're going to be looking more at what Jesus what God, what the Bible teaches us about culture and what our culture should be and how the kingdom of heaven culture that Jesus came and established is so countercultural to the way the world is. And so that's why, if you remember last week, we talked about transitioning into the Beatitudes in particular. We'll, we'll talk a little bit, like, we'll mention broadly the Sermon on the Mount, but we're going to specifically look at each Beatitude and talk about each one, and what it means for our lives. Um, So, with that being said, let's get started. So, today we're not, we will read all of the Beatitudes passage, and a few other passages from the Sermon on the Mount, but we're not going to specifically start studying the Beatitudes today. Today I kind of want to give a little bit of a background on the book of Matthew, well, the letter of Matthew, I should say, the letter of Matthew in itself, as well as what Matthew's message was, who he was writing to in particular, and the Sermon on the Mount, and what what was, at least from Matthew's perspective, what was Jesus's intention with the Sermon on the Mount. So that's kind of the stuff we're going to talk a little bit about today. So the Sermon on the Mount is, right, we call it the greatest sermon ever, right? It's, it's chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew of all just this sermon that Jesus went up on the mountain to preach. And he describes what, in this sermon, he describes what the kingdom of God is like, its culture, and the character of the kingdom. You know, I found Matthew 5 through 7 to be very challenging to live by if you actually go through and read it and think about how do you apply those things in your life. And so let's look at the background a little bit before we just in the next episodes, dive into the Beatitudes. So what was Matthew's main message, right? So I think to answer that question, you first have to think about who was Matthew originally writing to. So of course, the Bible is just as applicable and just as important today as it was back then. However, it is also important to remember that when Matthew was writing his gospel, he was not writing it with particularly, like, he was thinking about future Christians, but to say that he was thinking about Joshua Warren sitting in San Diego, California, right, in the 21st century, would be a bit of a stretch, right? You know, the Holy Spirit worked, you know, and obviously helped him write things that would be applicable for us today, but, you know, Matthew was writing a specific message for a specific group of people. Like, yes, he knew that it would be able to be true and the teachings could be taught from generation to generation, but it's important to remember that Matthew had a specific audience in mind. And so it from scholars and everyone largely believe that Matthew was writing to a 
particularly lar- largely and mostly Jewish audience whose whose hearts longed for the kingdom of God. That's who that's who, who that's who Matthew's writing to. Who he's writing to a, a Jewish audience that their hearts longed for the Messiah. This Messiah, the Jewish Messiah king that was promised uh, that they thought would come and be like the new David and create the kingdom of God again and establish Israel's reign and th- destroy all the enemies and overthrow the Roman oppressors. That's who Matthew was writing to. He was writing to these hopeful Jewish people. And so he makes several references to the Old Testament to show the link between the Messiah they longed for and Jesus, who was God incarnate and indeed the Messiah. Right In the Gospel of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven was a main running motif. Right, Matthew tells his readers that Jesus did not come to establish his kingdom, or excuse me, Matthew tells his readers that Jesus did come to establish his kingdom, but not how they expected, right? We're, we're talking about culture in this podcast, and so a lot of the Jews thought that this Messiah was going to come and establish a kingdom on earth and establish a new earthly kingdom, a new strong Israel like David had, and Israel go back to the height of its powers and get rid of all the Roman oppressors. That's what they thought was going to happen. And talk about a, a counterculture shock that the Jewish people got with Jesus, who wasn't, he was everything they wanted and more, but it wasn't necessarily what they were expecting. And so it's interesting that, you know, because I think about in after Jesus appears to the 12 again after he's resurrected, you know, Peter talks to him, you know, now are you going to establish the kingdom? Or that's actually in Acts chapter one, right? Peter's like, so now are you going to establish the kingdom? Um, and, you know, Jesus kind of tells them, you know, it's basically not for you to know the times of this, you know. Um, but you'll know when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? The kingdom of God. Um, <clears throat> and so, again, Jesus Jesus was everything the Jew, what, what, everything that the Messiah was promised to be. He was all of that and more. Uh, well, if anything, I should say he's exactly what God promised, and it's just more than the Jewish people could have even hoped for. Right, they were wanting some earthly savior to get Israel back to its prominence. But in reality, God knew that the people needed a spiritual savior and they needed to be revived spiritually as much as, and that was more important than their physical situation. And so Jesus came here and established the kingdom of heaven, which was not a, ki- a physical kingdom, but a spiritual kingdom. And so that's what the Sermon on the Mount is introducing. And that's really what the book of Matthew is about you know Matthew being a Jew um, is trying to help his Jewish brothers and sisters understand that this is the Messiah this is who is promised and yes it's not exactly what we thought but it's even more so than we could have ever dreamed it's even better and so that's kind of what Matthew is all about. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus shows them how they how they needed to understand the law from God's vantage point, right? Jesus was basically coming, you know, he says that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law and basically make it the complete version of the law. That's what Jesus wanted to do, right? The Sermon on the Mount is often, it's full of phrases like, you have heard it said this way, but now I say to you this, right? Jesus does that all the time. Or basically, in other words, 
You have believed and lived like this, but now I am telling you how it really should be done. That's what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount. And then the sermon ends, we know, in chapter 7, and Jesus is drawing their attention to the heart of the matter, that it, it's all about the relationship with him, and that it's all about just loving people, loving Christ, having obedience to him, just follow Jesus, go his way, right? Love and forgiveness are the currency of this kingdom, not gold and silver, right? He emphasizes fruit, I think is what's interesting. Um, in, in Matthew chapter 7, toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, in verses 16 through 20, I'll read it, uh, Jesus starts emphasizing fruit, and he talks about basically like what the kingdom, what the people in the kingdom of God are like, and how do you know if people are in the kingdom of God, right? He kind of answers that here in Matthew 7, verses 16 through 20. He says, You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So we see that Jesus is wanting people, he's basically telling people that you'll recognize people from the kingdom of heaven by the fruit they bear, right? Kind of like Paul obviously pulls his, his teaching of the fruit of the Spirit from Jesus' teaching. Uh, because Jesus talks about bearing fruit, right? And what that means is the things that grow in your life, the things that are evident in your life and that people see will tell you if you're part of the kingdom of God or not. And so you'll recognize them by their fruit, right? And then he ends the parable, or he ends the Sermon on the Mount with the parable of the wise and the foolish builders, right? Emphasizing obedience. You know, how you live in the kingdom of God is more important than anything else we do. Right, Jesus came to usher in this upside-down type of kingdom. Um, but at the same time, right? I mentioned it already, in Matthew 5, 17, Jesus makes sure to say, Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus' goal was to come and fulfill them, not to abolish them. And so, Jesus... Or, Jesus came to establish this upside-down kingdom that was countercultural to what the Jews thought. And, and we're talking about their culture. It was different than what they thought it was going to be. But it was even better than they thought it was going to be. So the Jews forgot their, their uniqueness, right? And so Jesus is kind of coming and reminding them, right? The Sermon on the Mount is a call to return to the roots of God. By turning away from the adulterous, or the adultery, the the lustfulness, the sinning, the, the all those kind of things, and turn back to the law of God and true righteous living. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is for. It's a call to true righteous living, even more so than the prophets and that the old law had. So the question is, is who is the Sermon on the Mount for? So obviously we talked about Matthew's audience, but I think it's also important to remember the, the Sermon on the Mount is for disciples. Sermon on the Mount is for disciples. It's not a code of ethics for society. It would be great if all society followed 
the Sermon on the Mount, but the reality is, is this is not a code of ethics for society, but it's for Christ followers. It's for Christians. The Sermon on the Mount is for Christians. Yes, anybody can read it, anybody can learn it, anybody can apply it. I believe it'd be great if people applied all this. But the reality is, is that, you know, people who talk about, you know, oh, well, Jesus was just a great moral and ethical teacher. That's not true. That's, those are, those are dangerous lies. Like, yes, Jesus, Jesus, like, these are good things to base your morals and your ethics off of, but that is not Jesus's main teaching here. Jesus is teaching spiritual life. He's bringing life to people. This is truth. This is everything, right? Why practice the Sermon on the Mount? Why should we even care? Why do we? Why should we practice the Sermon on the Mount? Because it's the foundation for Christian living. Everything hinges on this. And so tomorrow, or tomorrow, excuse me, next Thursday we'll begin our dive into the eight Beatitudes. We're going to read the Beatitudes before we get off the podcast, but <clears throat> I want to ask a few questions, or I want you guys to listen to these questions I'm going to ask, and I want you to reflect and ask yourself. Number one, have you ever engaged with the Beatitudes as something to put into practice? Like, have you ever read the Beatitudes and thought, I need to practice these and put them into my life? Or have you not? Number two, evaluate how you can, how you have experienced Christian life in light of the Sermon on the Mount, in light of these passages. How have you experienced Christian life in light of the Sermon on the Mount? John 15, verse 5 reads, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus didn't come to teach a personal ethic and great moral teachings. Yes, they are those things, but that's not what he was coming to do. He was coming to tell people that you need the new law of God. You need my blood to save you. You need me to get to heaven. That's what Jesus came here to teach. Jesus came to teach a better way through him, through his love, through his countercultural teachings. And so remember, the point of this podcast, this season that we've been doing is talking about the culture we live in today, and are, is our culture as Christians? Do we just participate in that culture? Do we have a different culture? Do they mix? You know, what is it? And so the reality is, is that the kingdom of God is its own thing. As Christians, we are to live differently than the rest of the world. And Israel had forgotten that. And that's why Israel was punished to begin with. That's why they had to go through exile. And that's why they had all those issues, because they forgot the covenant of God. And so today, Sometimes I feel like the church, we're forgetting the covenant of God and we're starting to live like the world, when in reality, we need to be different. We need to be different. That doesn't mean you can't do fun things like play sports or go to concerts, like certain concerts that aren't bad, you know, but in doing things like that, there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's how far are you allowing culture to take hold of your life and not allowing Jesus to take hold of your life? We need to allow God to take hold of our life. So real quick, in conclusion... I would like to read the first um, the first few verses of Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. <clears throat> so let's start reading in verse 1. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. 
And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'd love to just read the whole Sermon on the Mount, but for time's sake, we will not do all that. But I hope this has been a fun introduction for you guys uh, to the Sermon on the Mount and just a little bit to understand the, his, the, the cultural backgrounds of Matthew, who he's writing to, what, what his purpose is. And obviously his purpose is to, he's writing to this Jewish audience and his purpose is to convince them and to show them that Jesus is the Messiah that was promised. He may be different than what they thought it was going to be, but it's even better and even bigger than they could have hoped for and imagined. It's funny that Jesus came and taught a countercultural teaching, and the Jews, and he was so counter to what they were expecting. But he was even better than anything they could have hoped for. So, next week, I hope you guys will... Tune in again as we get started on the first of the Beatitudes. I hope you all have a blessed week. God bless.